Hello, one and all, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Yes, we are here. We are on Monday, and right now, this is the earliest I have recorded a show in a very, very, very long time. It is 1.15 on this beautiful April 11th edition of the Logan Blackman. Well, I guess it's April 12th for you guys listening, but we're recording this on April 11th, and it's mid-afternoon, or early afternoon, I guess, and the reasoning why I'm recording this so late, or so early, is because I don't know if I have the ability to stay up until 10 o'clock tonight to record a show like we usually do. I don't know if I could do that tonight. As of late, I have done a very bad job at falling asleep on at a good time. I've been falling asleep, I think, I think at average, it feels like, like 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning, and then waking up at 6 30 7 o'clock to get ready for work so it hasn't been a really good sleep schedule that I have been putting on myself and that goes over a couple things but the main thing is is recording the show as late as I have been and then my mind's still racing because then you know good things always pop up after you record a show so that makes you think about things over and over and over again like, oh man, should I go downstairs and do another one? Should I go? Should I do this? Should I do? Should I make a mock draft right now just to do one, just for the sake of doing it? And that's one thing I do more than anything, and that's one of my more annoying traits. When I'm bored, I don't usually sit on my phone and play games, you know, like a normal person. I will go into my notes on my phone, title it draft, and go through one through thirty-two of the 2021 NFL draft, and I have memorized the 2021 NFL draft order, (laughs) at least where we stand right now. And that is kind of sad and kind of cool at the same time, because that means I can just go, oh, let's do a draft right now. But it also means, oh, let's do a draft right now. (laughs) And my brain's moving about 100 miles an hour, maybe even 1,000 miles an hour. And that's one of the things you're supposed to do or not supposed to do when you're trying to fall asleep. You're supposed to ease your mind. But then you read things after you get done with the show and your mind is definitely not at ease. And then once your mind's definitely not at ease, what makes that worse? What makes that part worse is the fact that you go on YouTube and go on Twitter and Instagram and all those social media platforms and just scroll or watch mindless YouTube videos all night. And I am victim of that as well. So not only is my mind racing at a thousand miles an hour. I am also coupling that with watching YouTube videos until I fall asleep. So those are two things you are not supposed to do when you're falling asleep. And then it just leads into a bad sleeping schedule. And then you're always tired. You've got headaches. It just doesn't feel good. Coupling that on with allergies makes it even uh, even more bad, even more worse than what it already is. <laughs> and that's just terrible. So for today, I wanted to get this done early. So hoping, this is hoping that my mind will be at ease when I go to bed tonight. And I can get to bed around hopefully 9.30. That'd be very nice. Usually I'm halfway through a show at that point. Maybe even a little over halfway through a show or less than halfway during a show. Because I don't have a set recording time. I kind of go, hey, you know what? Let's do it now. I try to get it done around 8 o'clock, like start before 8 o'clock, but sometimes it takes a little longer than that. And then I want to don't know if I want to upload it Right after I'm done with it, or wait till the morning till I go to the office and then upload it there because it'll go by a lot faster. Like if you noticed last show, I didn't get that posted. Maybe you don't even care. Maybe you just don't care. But I didn't get the show posted on social media until about 12 30, 1 o'clock. I can't remember exactly. 
but that's because I uploaded it from my house the night before. For some reason, every time I upload it from my house, it takes a whole hell of a lot longer to do it than if I do it at the office. Like I schedule it to be uploaded at 8.30 every morning, and then it just doesn't upload until about 12. And it's mostly the Apple podcast part of it that takes forever to upload, but this time it was both of them. So that didn't make anything easier that Friday as well. So it was just a hectic Friday. And then I went to bed a lot later than I was originally planning to last night. We played Settlers of Catan, which I haven't played in a very long time. And those games take long minutes anyways. But then we played some Jackbox Party games after that. And I hope most of you are familiar with Jackbox Party games. Because those can be very addicting as well. So we went. I, I got home a little bit later than what I was expecting. So my plan again is to go to bed early. Hopefully. <laughs> but I got to also film a video today, which is another reason why I'm recording this. Because remember what I talked about on Friday with my friend Noah, who's doing the forfeit for the Logan Blackman Show video mock draft minute. We're recording that today. So I'm going to have to be wearing that Cardinals jersey. Oh, I didn't say. I, mm. Well, that wasn't the plan. I wasn't supposed to tell you what I was doing because remember I said that I was <laughs> it was going to be a surprise. But no. His punishment, okay, since I've already said it, his punishment was that I had to wear a Paul Goldschmidt jersey for two hours. For those of you who know, know me, I am very loyal to my teams. I've never worn, I don't own any other jerseys of any other teams except for my favorite teams, unless I've been gifted a jersey. Like my aunt went to Barcelona a few years ago and got me a Lionel Messi jersey. And I said that when she went there, she said, what do you want? I said, oh, I'll take a Messi jersey. And I didn't fully expecting her not to get me one, but she got me one anyway, so I still have it. And then obviously the random Sean Green jersey, jersey thing, but I I didn't wear that. I wore it one time in the house, felt gross, and never wore it again. But I've never worn, I don't like to wear other teams' clothes, especially teams I despise. And we've talked about this on the show before, about all the teams in sports that I absolutely hate. The Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals, not the Arizona Cardinals, the football team, those St. Louis Cardinals, are at like number, they're easily top five, my least favorite teams in sports. Easily least favorite. One of the top five teams that easily in that top five. Hate the Cardinals. I'm a lifelong Cubs fan. That's one of the few teams that I have never even thought of liking another team. Like, you know, when you're a kid growing up, you have multiple favorite teams or you like favorite, you have multiple favorite players. So by default, you like those teams. Like you have LeBron James fans from growing up. You have regional fans, like you can cheer for the teams you cheer your regional from, where the region is. You just think they're good, so then you start cheering for them. You have a lot of Seattle Seahawks fans that grew up around this. The Golden State Warriors are another example of that. But baseball was the only one where I've never gone like, oh, I enjoy watching this team too. I had certain players I liked watching, like Josh Hamilton, when he was playing for the Rangers, was one of the best players in baseball to watch. I loved watching Josh Hamilton. Mike Trout is a joy to watch as well. But I've never gone, yeah, I'm a Rangers fan. Or, yeah, I'm a Angels fan. I've never said any of those things. I've always liked the Cubs. Like, basketball, I've liked other teams. I've liked the Phoenix Suns, even though I was a Bulls fan. I've liked the Chargers, even though I was a Bills fan. I've liked, what other sports are there? I like the Sabres, because my dad's a Sabres fan, even though I'm a Blackhawks fan. I like Manchester United and Sporting Kansas City. both Because I got two different connections with those two that I we've talked about before. I'm not really going to get into those now. But baseball is one, I grew up going to Iowa Cubs games, so I just never once thought of 
cheering for another team. I have family that lives in Chicago. I have a lot of my family is from Illinois. So, and they, a lot of my family members played baseball. So I was never once going to decide or go against the Chicago Cubs in that aspect. And I've never once wanted to wear a St. Louis Cardinals jersey. Never once. I've come close to wearing opposing teams' uniforms before. I made a bet with a friend in high school during the Iowa-Nebraska game, and I it was whoever lost the game, the person had to wear an Iowa sweatshirt or a Nebraska sweatshirt. Thankfully, Iowa won, so I didn't have to wear a Nebraska sweatshirt. I have worn a Vegas Golden Knights shirt because my old roommate Kevin, we made a bet that the Blackhawks would beat the Knights. Didn't, so you had to wear the Knights jersey or shirt the entire day. That's the only team's jersey or shirt, whatever, apparel that I've worn. Never put on a Cyclone shirt. I've never put on a Patriots shirt. I've never worn a Minnesota Wild or St. Louis Blues shirt. But I've, ugh, this is going to be bad. I've never worn a White Sox, Reds, Brewers, Pirates, anything. So this will be a first for me. And I'm not really looking forward to it. But you know what? I called him, not even thinking about that. And now, I've got to do it. I wasn't planning on bringing this up today, but it kind of just got out of me. It wasn't something, I wanted to wait that for the video. I was like, oh, wait for the video because we're doing that today. Nope. My brain's running on like 50% right now. So I've, whatever says, I might not have meant to say it today. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's, the filter is off today. Possibly. I, I wouldn't say the filter's off too much, but... With the brain running not on full steam right now, I, I would say that it's been, <laughs> whew, we're struggling today. And we've gone through 10 minutes of the show without actually talking about anything we want to talk about today. But we were talking about something a little bit earlier in the show that I want to talk about now. So while I was recording Friday's show, or after I got done recording Friday's show, I went to bed and got on YouTube. Everything that I talked about earlier was exactly what I did Thursday night. So after I got done recording a show, Went upstairs, went to bed, scrolled on YouTube. First video that pops up my YouTube feed is a video from Colin Cowherd. It wasn't his channel. It was some other channel that uploaded a clip from Colin Cowherd's show. And it said, the Washington football team are prepared to unload all draft picks to move up for Trey Lance. After we just talked about the Falcons possibly trading with the Broncos or the Patriots, this spurred in right after I recorded the show, which was really convenient, isn't it? Like, this is something I wish I talked about on the show, which is the pain of recording a show a day in advance because stuff like this happens. Now, I could have done research on it because once I searched it on Google, I did see that it came out about three days before I recorded the show. So that could be on me, but I didn't e I hear about it. I never looked it up. I just, I just looked up mock drafts like I usually do, study what other people are saying, looked at Daniel Jeremiah, what he was doing. And just moved on. I never heard Michael. This is from Michael Lombardi, who is connected to a lot of circles. And again, this is the quote from the, ru the rumor mill. Watch the football team could unload all draft picks to move for Trey Lance. And this is kind of funny, because on Friday night, I did absolutely nothing. I was doing absolutely nothing Friday night. And I was sitting there, and when I'm doing nothing, I like to just try and cuss do some mock drafts real quick. Just to get my brain moving so I can get ready for the next time I have to post something, which is next Monday. So I'm doing all this, and I go on YouTube. I put, turn on my PlayStation, turn on YouTube video. Because it's like, I don't want to watch anything that's on TV. 
I would rather choose what I want to watch, even though I've probably watched it a thousand times. And those videos are, we've talked about this a lot, NFL films videos, NFL top tens, NFL throwbacks, NFL caught in the draft, all of that stuff I've watched over a hundred times. That's not going to stop me from watching it. I grew up watching those things. And I'm still going to watch all of them. I've seen top 10 draft trades a thousand times, but I just pulled that up. I don't know why I chose it. It was like the first one that popped. I was like, oh, I'll watch that one. And one of the examples, that was, I can't remember what number it was. It might've been number three. I can't remember exactly. It's the Ricky Williams trade. And for those of you who are unaware of what the Ricky Williams trade is, I think we talked about this on Friday, but I'm not 100% sure. The Ricky Williams trade is a trade that saw the New Orleans Saints trade their entire draft to the then Washington Redskins to move up for Ricky Williams. Their entire draft. And then gave up a first and I think a third in the next year or something like that. Because we talked about this where the Eagles sitting at number two wanted Ricky Williams. And they drafted Donovan McNabb. The Colts at number four took Edron James when everybody said you should draft Ricky Williams. And the Eagles and Colts, I think, are feeling pretty good about themselves as the Colts got a Hall of Fame running back and the Eagles got a very good quarterback in Donovan McNabb. Ricky Williams, on the other hand, goes to the Saints, traded away, again, all of their draft picks. That's not hyperbolizing or anything. No, they traded every single pick they had. And Mike Ditka, after the trade was done, he said, well, my day's over. One pick, done. They had no other moves to make. They traded their entire draft for Ricky Williams. That did not work out. Now, this is, might be a little different situation because trading for a quarterback versus trading for a running back are two totally different things. And the Washington football team, though they finished 7-9 and nine last year, are in a better place now than the New Orleans Saints were when they made that trade. So you can see a lot of different, like, it might hurt them, but it might not hurt them at the same time. Because it is a quarterback. Not a lot of teams traded their entire drafts for running backs. It was a very odd circumstance that we saw right there with Ricky Williams going to the New Orleans Saints. But with Trey Lance, an FCS quarterback who has the highest ceiling in the draft, in my opinion, but also the lowest floor in the draft, is he worth an entire draft? Now, this could just be like selling it really high. Like, oh, they're going to send all their picks. Maybe it's not all their picks. But we know it's going to be at least this year's and a couple of next year's picks. There's going to be a lot of picks involved because they're moving up from 19 to 4, which is what the rumor is that they're trying to trade up to number 4. The Falcons are the pick that a lot of teams are looking towards. But I did see a thing today. This is a total, This is kind of related here. The Falcons, Adam Schefter reported that the Falcons, everybody's expecting, at least teams around the NFL are expecting, the Falcons to draft a quarterback. There was also a report the other day that said the Falcons are looking to trade out of the pick or accepting calls. So, what are they going to... What This is what it tells me right now. I'm starting to lean towards them trading away from the pick. Because not, not that long after they said we're looking to trade the pick, they come out and say, oh, we might be... The NFL's expecting them to draft a quarterback. It's a similar thing to me, at least from right now. I could be totally wrong about this, but the Detroit Lions are doing... We talked about Benjamin Albright, Albrighton saying coming out and saying the Lions would take a quarterback if one comes available. That's basically saying trade up with us, please. The Falcons and Lions are two teams that I think are almost guaranteed to trade back, and I'm saying almost because they're still obviously not the chance. They might not trade back, but the Falcons. Oh, we're looking to trade the pick. Oh, everybody's expecting them to take quarterback, and that quarterback that they've been linked to is Trey Lance. 
which it has been ever since his pro day. Because remember, he play, he ran through plays that the quarterback needy teams, is what he called them, would run. So he ran the Falcons plays and the 49ers plays. And now the 49ers sit three and the Falcons four. Those are two teams that were brought up when Trey Lance was going through his pro day, was those two teams. So it's kind of funny that those two teams are now in the driving position of getting Trey Lance. Because we obviously know Trevor Lawrence is going one, Zach Wilson's going number two. We know this. So number three and four, we think Mac Jones is going three, based off everything we hear. But the 49ers, Brass, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, are going to be attending Justin Fields' second pro day and Trey Lance's second pro day. So time will tell on that. We'll see how that all goes down as we get close to the draft because the more and more you get close to the draft, the more silly and more lies and more speculation starts swirling around. And it's very fun yet stressful if you intensely follow this stuff and try to come up with, try to predict what will happen. It makes things rather stressful. And sometimes it's fun, but sometimes terrible. So this whole Washington football team with the rumors of them possibly trading up to four is stressful because that's a huge jump. 19 to four. That is a massive jump. Now we've seen two teams do this before. The Chiefs jumped up from 27 to 10 to draft Patrick Mahomes. That's more picks in between those two spots than the Washington football team trading up for the Atlanta, with the Atlanta Falcons at four. And then you also had examples of the Atlanta Falcons trading up with the Cleveland Browns to select Julio Jones. I think that was, they were at 20-something to move up to six. A lot of picks in between there. I don't know exactly what the Falcons had, but I know they were in the 20s when they traded up to get Julio. So this isn't out of the question. But with Daniel Snyder still there, and I know people are, they're trying to get him out of the organization, and rightfully so. He's He's the worst owner in the NFL. I think most people can agree on that. But I personally love Daniel Snyder because I think he's just the gift that keeps on giving. Whenever there's a slow day, Daniel Snyder always seems to provide. He's a provider to the media and peop- and comedians and stuff like that. Not really to his organization, <laughs> but to the, the media and stuff. That's why Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are there to establish some sort of order within that franchise. And one thing that is important to note here with this Trey Lance trade is Michael Lombardi, as we've said, reported this, said that he doesn't think he knows the Washington football team love themselves some Trey Lance. If you look back at Ron Rivera's coaching career, when he had the best success was in Carolina with Cam Newton, Trey Lance, a little smaller, not a lot smaller. He's about an inch or two shorter, about 15 pounds lighter, which isn't insane, but he would fit that Ron Rivera style of that that offense. I know Ron Rivera is not an offensive guy, but you see what they did in Carolina. You would expect him to like that kind of stuff. Building up a strong defense like the Washington football team have done and then draft Trey Lance. They have quarterbacks on the roster. So this wouldn't be like Trey Lance is the only guy there. They signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, who everybody knows is the best bridge quarterback in the NFL. It's not even a question at this point. They also have Taylor Heineke. They also have Kyle Allen. And they have Steven Montez, who we don't really need to talk. I mean, Steven Montez is probably not going to be there when the season starts. But the other three, those three are all in contention. Taylor Heineke is a fan favorite. 
Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter start at week one, and Kyle Allen has worked with Ron Rivera before. So we know these guys are going to be there. And then you look at some of the other positions on their roster. They got Curtis Samuel this offseason. They got Terry McLaurin. They got Adam Humphreys this offseason. Logan Thomas kind of showed up a little bit last year. Made a name for himself last year with athleticism. Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Lamar Miller is there this offseason. I didn't even realize he was there. They have a decent offensive line. Could improve on, but you've got Brandon Scherf there, who's one of the better, one of the more underrated guards in the NFL. And then we obviously know about their defense. Their defensive line is amazing. They're building something nice culture-wise there, which is really cool to see. And if you look at the Washington football team's draft right now, saying they sit at 19, no one really knows what they're going to do. They could draft an offensive lineman, get like Christian Darisaw there. Linebacker's been linked with them a lot with Jamin Davis, Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa, Zayvon Collins. Safety has been linked with them as well with Trayvon Morig. Draft a wide receiver that's also been linked, but with the additions of Curtis Samuel and Adam Humphreys, that's looking less and less likely. I think it's more between the lineman and the linebacker, though I would not like I wouldn't rule out safety at number 19 as well. That's if they stay there. They like themselves in trail lines. They've got a quarterback room that I think would very much suit him and really help him develop because all three of these guys, well, cool, all four, have played significant minutes in the NFL. Ryan Fitzpatrick's been a starter in the league. He's helped young quarterbacks before. Kyle Allen's been a starter in this league before. Taylor Heineke started a playoff game. Like, we know all of these guys have things that Trey Lance could learn from and absorb, and he wouldn't need to worry about playing this year. Because all these three, Kyle Allen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Taylor Heineke, though all of them will not be on the roster, they all will provide good advice for a young quarterback like Trey Lance. And Scott Turner... They're a young offensive coordinator. I think he'd love to have a young quarterback that he can mold into somebody like Trey Lance, who, again, has the highest ceiling in the draft, but also has the lowest floor. And that's the exact same situation that happened to Josh Allen when he came in. But I think the Washington football team are better set up to get a guy like Trey Lance, a developmental piece in Trey Lance, than the Bills were with Josh Allen. If you look at the quarterback rooms that the Bills had versus what the Washington football team have, it's not really close. The Bills had A.J. McCarron and Nathan Peterman when they drafted Josh Allen. The Washington football team, again, three guys who have played significant minutes in the NFL, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, and Kyle Allen. They have a young offensive coordinator like the Bills did with Brian Dable. They have a defensive-minded, no-nonsense head coach in Ron Rivera, Sean McDermott for the Buffalo Bills. Like, this could work out. The, de- the offense has good pieces. They have better pieces than what the Bills did at that time. Terry McLaurin's a beast. Curtis Samuel's very underrated, and Adam Humphreys is a good off, uh, good slot guy. They have a decent running game with Antonio Gibson back there. They have Logan Thomas, a very athletic tight end, and not a terrible offensive line. It's not a great one. It's a, it's an average offensive line. Just uh, You can teeter it on the average lines for the Washington football team. So would Trey Lance get them to that next hurdle provide that spark in their offense if you look at a division right now that has very young and athletic quarterbacks something the Washington football team do not have like the Giants with Daniel Jones the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts the Cowboys with Dak Prescott 
like young athletic quarterbacks. And that's not a slight necessarily on the guys the Washington football team have, but they easily have the worst quarterback room in the division right now. And the Eagles have questions about their quarterback room. They'll probably address the quarterback position later in the draft. But as of right now, Jalen Hurts is better than every single quarterback the Washington football team has. I, well, I guess he might not be. That's tough. That's tough stuff there because I know a lot of people really like Ryan Fitzpatrick. But would you? I think the youthfulness of Jalen Hurts would make him more appealing at this point in time than Ryan Fitzpatrick. No offense, Ryan. And they have Joe Flacco, the Eagles. So, man, do they even need a quarterback? I don't know. And one another thing that is very could be very key in this move progressing as we get closer and closer to April 29th is the fact that the Redskins or Washington football team, I should say, have a former team member a part of the Atlanta Falcons organization. Vice President of Player Personnel Kyle Smith was with the Washington football team from 2011 to 2020, who is the vice president of player personnel with the Washington football team, has now done the same thing with the Atlanta Falcons. They have a bug on the wall there in, in, Wash, in Atlanta, I should say. So maybe that's a very big thing. You saw the, Jags, the Jacksonville Jaguars with their old GM were linked with the Falcons kind of quite a bit because he was a former Falcons staff member. So we could be seeing a nice little transition. And former offensive quality control coach, Dave Ragone, I don't know if you say his name, he's the offensive coordinator for the Falcons now. He's a former Washington football team man as well. Now he's only there for one year, but still a member of the team. Once a Washington football team member, always a Washington football team member. There's a lot of things that link this move together. We've got the Washington football team who are in desperate need of a young quarterback, they're sit at 19-4. That's a big jump, but feasible. I don't know if they really mean they'll trade all of their picks away, but that could definitely happen. It's Daniel, again, it's Daniel Snyder. He could do anything. He's a freaking lunatic. You saw him trade away the entire draft for RG3 a few years ago. That didn't really work out. What, the year that everybody expected him to make crazy moves when they heard Daniel Snyder's taking over the draft. Everybody thought he'd move up a crazy amount of picks to get Dwayne Haskins rather than sit at 15 and draft Dwayne Haskins, which was very surprising to see. <laughs> it's not very, not very like Daniel Snyder to do that. You use his brain a little bit. It's not something he likes to do very often, but he did it there. He did it there. But man, Trey Lance on the Washington football team. I like that. Again, you got a good foundation there. Leadership's very good in that organization. He's got a good defense, decent weapons around him on offense. Can take time and learn. Young offensive coordinator. I think it'd be pretty fun. Similar style of play to what Cam Newton was in Carolina. Now, Trey Lance's arm is not as strong as Cam Newton, but athletic ability-wise, very similar. Decently similar build. Again, Cam Newton's a little bigger than Trey Lance. Trey's about 6'4", 224, 225, somewhere around there. Cam's 6'5", 235, 240, 230. I don't know how big he is exactly. But the Falcons aren't taking a quarterback. Trading back... Be pretty smart, one would assume, especially when you have a team where you don't think there's a lot of holes on the roster. Now, again, this all goes back to they don't have a backup quarterback. Matt Ryan's 36, 37, 35. I don't know how old exactly Matt Ryan is. 
But will you have this opportunity to pick up four and get a chance to get a franchise quarterback again? That's the kind of thing they want to answer here in this draft. Do we want to trade back and accumulate accumulate a lot of picks by trading with Washington? Or do we want to draft our own quarterback of the future? Good succession plan. Would fit what Arthur Smith wants to do on offense. I don't know. It's very exciting, though. Kyle Pitts would also be very fun to see in the Falcons offense. We've talked about that for the past couple weeks now. About the possibility of Kyle Pitts being paired up with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, Matt Ryan, Arthur Smith. Like, that that would be a dream offense. Off the line's not that bad. No, off the line could be addressed here as well. Panay Sewell's been linked there. Rashawn Slater's been linked there a couple times. Need corners. Need linebackers. So again, there's so many things the Falcons could do. And Daniel Jeremiah brought this up, when was this, a couple days ago? Where he said, everybody's saying the draft starts at three. Not really. Or no, it's Bucky Brooks. Bucky Brooks. So everybody says the draft starts at three. Well, it really doesn't because we know what the 49ers are doing. We know they're drafting a quarterback. We just don't know which one, but we know they're drafting a quarterback. The Falcons could be drafting a quarterback, could be drafting Kyle Pitts, could be drafting Panay Sula Rashawn Slater, could be trading back. There's four things the Falcons could do with this pick, and there's multiple teams they could trade back with. We've talked about the Washington football team a lot today, but the Broncos make a lot of sense. That'd be the least amount of picks they drop down and still get a very good player. Patriots at 15 could be linked with the move of them with them as well. I've been hearing that quite a bit about them wanting to move up to four, at least trying to. Washington at 19, Chicago at 20 could be a realistic shot there, but I just don't I don't know if the Bears would do that. At this point in time, I don't think the Bears will do that, but they could. They very well could do that. And maybe something crazy happens, like the Pittsburgh Steelers decide to trade up with four to get a get a quarterback, or the the Panthers after trading for Sam Darnold get trade up with the Falcons, division rivals, which I've never understood why people are mock doing mock drafts and having the Panthers and Falcons trade with each other. Like I can see, I I hate. Okay, I'd like to say this: in division trades make no sense to me because why would you be willingly giving up? a player that could hurt you in the future twice a year. That's not really something that'd be really smart, at least to me, that doesn't seem like a very smart business decision. But on the other hand, you could fleece that your division rival for all the picks you want. But I can see that with the fleecing your division rival and all that, unless it's for a quarterback. Any other position, fine, fleece them, I don't care. Quarterback? No. Why would you willingly give your team a starting quarterback? I saw that linked a lot. The Panthers trading up with Atlanta at four to get a quarterback. No. Those trades don't make sense at all in the first place. And they especially don't make sense when you're trading, when the team you traded back with is trading a quarterback, or traded up with is drafting a quarterback. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Why would I be handing you the keys to a franchise just then? Like, oh, you want Trey Lance, Carolina? Okay, we'll give you him. Why? That does, I, I, I've never understood that. So every time I see in-division trades pop up in mock drafts, I kind of just brush it off. Now, it could happen. It has happened before, but those teams usually involve some, some way or another the Cleveland Browns. So I don't know, if, unless you're the Browns, especially the 2000s Browns, like the 2000, 2010, or even we could just go to 2015 Browns, you didn't do that. 
It was only that team that ever did that. <laughs> but man, I might post a poll on Twitter after the show goes out talking about would you think if you're the Washington football team, would you trade up for Trey Lance? I know there's some Trey Lance deniers out there. And I get the worries about Trey Lance. I really get them because he does have the lowest floor in the draft. We don't know what he is. He was such a such dominant team at the FCS level. Though a dominant team, the FCS level does not really scream, oh, yes, draft him. Unless you're insanely gifted like I think Trey Lance is. But he has to get in the right environment to develop properly. He can't just be thrusted into the starting position because that will ultimately hurt him. At least I, for right now, I think it will. But I don't, he could, he could go out there and ball out. Like, he's a very similar prospect, again, to Josh Allen, where he was split. A lot of people viewed him very highly. Other people rated him very lowly because they didn't know what he was. He played at Wyoming. Very good set of skills, but erratic at times. Trey Lance, very good set of skills. Hasn't gotten a lot of game time and played for an uber-dominant team. (laughs) So, interesting. Draft is fun. NFL draft is fun. And then the Justin Fields stuff is interesting as well about whether or not where he's going to get drafted. If he goes in the top, I mean, I think he goes in the top. He has to go in the top 10, right? He has to. He has to go in the top 10. But I don't know where. I don't know which teams are drafting quarterbacks. Again, I think it could be any of the teams we've mentioned. The Falcons, the Broncos, the Patriots, the Washington football team, the Bears. Like Those are my teams that I think could target trades up for quarterbacks because all five quarterbacks, whether you think this is right or wrong, I'm pretty confident all five quarterbacks will be going in the first 10 picks. Maybe in the first seven picks. Because again, the Lions sit at seven. If a team trades up with Atlanta at four, I think the Lions make a lot of sense with a trade up at seven because they have a lot of needs on their roster. Their defense sucks. They have no wide receivers. Like They could do a lot of things by trading back and getting more picks. You could get a linebacker in the first round or a wide receiver in the first round and get a good linebacker in the second round. But I would say the linebacker group is a little more top-heavy, so I think the Lions, if they do trade back, would look at one of the linebackers we mentioned before, Micah Parsons, Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa, Jamin Davis, David Collins, those guys. Second round, you get like Jabril Cox, Nick Bolton. Like Those those guys could be other options. Their Chaz Surratt from North Carolina could be one. Dylan Moses has kind of dropped down a little bit since last year. He was getting linked up with the first-round pick before he came back. Now he's not really a first-round pick. But, yeah, if the Lions trade back, I think they go after a linebacker. I don't know if they draft one at seven. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe they really like Micah Parsons. I mean, Devin White was drafted fifth. Roquan Smith was drafted eighth. So it's – I mean, you've got picks. You've got linebackers that have been picked very high and have very successful careers in the NFL. Those two are just a couple examples I could think of off the top of my head. So maybe they do. Maybe they do. And Micah Parsons is – been talked about having a similar impact to what Devin White did in Tampa Bay. I mean, you saw what the Buccaneers did with that defense and their linebacking core. I mean, be hard to pass on a linebacker if you're a defense-needy team and just want somebody to be a difference maker on defense. And linebacker's a good way to start at that, getting a a difference maker on the defensive side of the ball. I think Micah Parsons, Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa, Jamin Davis could all be those guys, difference makers that are insanely athletic, can cover, can do all of these different things. And then Zayvon Collins is more of a Swiss Army knife. It, him and Jeremiah Wosu-Koromo are kind of similar. 
But I think Jeremiah Wosukoromo is more similar, and I like the fact that he can make plays all over the field. Zayvon Collins is bigger, but I like Jeremiah Wosukoromo a lot more. I would say probably, if we're ranking these now, Micah Parsons, Jeremiah Wosukoromo, Jamin Davis snuck into the top five rankings we had last time. I put him at number three, put him above Zayvon Collins, and then probably Nick Bolton at number five. Jabril Cox could have a say in that matter as well, one of the few bright spots on LSU's defense last year, about an LSU team that lost, again, like we talked about the other day, 14 players to the NFL draft. It was destined to have a down year for the LSU Tigers. No matter who was the coach, you lose 14 starters, 14 to the NFL. Yeah, you're going to hurt a little bit, especially when your quarterback left and he <laughs> set every single record in college football. Then your top wide receiver opts out. Your number two wide receiver goes to the NFL draft. Almost your entire offensive line goes to the draft. Thaddeus Moss left. Clyder Jalera left. Derek Stanley was hurt the entire year. It was going to be a down year for LSU. But Jabril Cox was a very good player for LSU last season. But, man, I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. And these teams that trade back for the Falcons, who they could target if they trade back with the Washington football team. If you're looking at players that could be available at 19, Jamin Collins could be available. Or Jamin Davis could be available. Saving Collins could be available if you're looking at edge rushers. I don't know if Quiddy Pay will be there, but Gregor Rousseau could be there. Aziz Ojolari, Jalen Phillips, Jason Owe could all be there. Joe Tryon. There's a lot of good edge rushers you can get. Cornerbacks, I mean, they're very top-heavy. I expect Pastor Tan and J.C. Horn to go very early in this draft. I expect both of them to be gone by pick 13. I don't know if they'll one of them will be on the Chargers, the Eagles, or Giants, or whoever. I expect both of them to be gone by 13. And then Newsom from Northwestern, if you want to take a shot at Caleb Farley, even though he has the injuries, the back back injury, the opt-out, we don't really know what he is. We know he's uber-talented, but we want to see more of him. But you can mold him into something in Atlanta. You got A.J. Terrell last year. Get another corner there in a division that has very talented wide receivers. We talked about this before. I think we talked about it last year. Like the Bucks, you have Mike Evans. You have Chris Godwin. For the Panthers, you got Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and then the Saints, you got Michael Thomas, then whoever they get in this year's draft. Like it, it's a talented division of wide receivers, so it would be smart to double down on the cornerback position. You could look at Asante Samuel, Eric Stokes in the second round, Tyson Campbell's kind of been morphing in between a safety and a cornerback, Elijah Molden, Kelvin Joseph. There's some good corners in this draft, but they're very... The top three, the top two, I guess. I mean, I, I would still throw Caleb Farley in regards to talent in that realm of J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan, but the injury thing will cause him to drop naturally. And they got Trayvon Morig could be a player as well. Elijah Varek Tucker to improve the offensive line could be a position of need, maybe. Najee Harris could be a sleeper pick there because Arthur Smith coming over from the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry... Like it would make sense, right, to get a running back that has a similar size and build to that of Derrick Henry, wouldn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Time will tell, though. Oh, man, it's getting exciting. We are getting uber close to the NFL draft, and I am very excited. And speaking of running backs, this has been a conversation I've seen a little bit on Instagram recently. The best running back since 2000. And I saw someone who said best running back of the 2000s, like 2000 2010. For both of them, I would say LaDainian Tomlinson. But I again, I am biased. I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend I'm not biased. He's my favorite player of all time. 
I'm going to be biased in that regard. I get the arguments for Adrian Peterson. Totally do. But I think it's a two-horse race here. Best running back of the 2000s is a two-horse race. It's LT and Adrian Peterson. There's no one else really comes close. I know we got Marshawn Lynch. I know we have Marshall Falk. I know we had Edron James, Derrick Henry. I know we have all these guys, Christian McCaffrey. But come on, they're nowhere near LaDainian Tomlinson and Adrian Peterson. It's not, it's not near. I've been asked a question before. It was a while ago. But would you rather have, if you were, like, would you rather have Adrian Peterson LT? I would always take LT. I'll never not take LaDainian Tomlinson. I don't think people realize that 2006 season that he had where he broke the all-time touchdown record, which will not was on pace to never be touched until they moved the season to 17 games. 31 touchdowns in the season, 28 rushing touchdowns. Both are records in the NFL. 1,800 rushing yards. Like, dude. Over 2,000 total yards of offense, if I remember correctly. Like, LT was on a different level in 2006. And I know Adrian Peterson's 2000 or MVP season, what, 2012? Was fantastic. I mean, rushed for over 2,000 yards. Came off a torn ACL. But man, we've seen people rush for 2,000 yards. He didn't break a record. He was like, what was it, nine yards under? And I commend him for being as close as he was coming off an ACL injury. But... I mean, it's great. It's a good season. I don't even... Th- th- wait, I, I might be wrong here. There's a chance I'm wrong here. I don't know if he got double-digit touchdowns that season when he rushed for over 2,000 yards. Okay, he got 12. 12 touchdowns in over 2,000 yards rushing. LaDainian Tomlinson over 2,000 yards total offense, 1,800 yards rushing, 28 rushing touchdowns. He more than doubled Adrian Peterson's uh, rushing touchdown tally. And blew his total touchdown tally out of the water. 13 to 31? Good Lord. I know we all have soft spots for Adrian Peterson, but come on. Adrian Peterson cannot pass block like LaDainian Tomlinson could. Adrian Peterson could not catch the ball out of the backfield like LaDainian Tomlinson could. Adrian Peterson was a straight-line runner. He could not make the moves LaDainian Tomlinson had. For being as big as Adrian Peterson was, a 6'1", 220, LT would make the same power moves as as Adrian Peterson, stiff-arming people left, right, and center. Like, come on. I know we like Adrian Peterson. I like Adrian Peterson as well. I had a poster of him in my room when I was a kid. I like Adrian Peterson. And I, I saw a comment that said Adrian Peterson's not close. Like, shut up. You did not watch football back then. Adrian Peterson won the MVP in 2012. That's six years after LaDainian Tomlinson won the MVP. LT was out of the league, I think, by 2012. So I get kids nowadays that didn't grow up watching LaDainian Tomlinson and forget how great of a running back he was. And I'm sorry if I'm sounding a little angry right now, but I don't think this should be a conversation. We talked about this on the show when T-Boy was on not too long ago about how LaDainian Tomlinson is the greatest running back of our lifetime. He battled injuries a lot, and if he wasn't injured as much as he was towards the latter parts of his career, we might be talking about the greatest running back ever. I'm saying that trying to be unbiased about that, but I think it's 100% true. If he never got hurt, if the Chargers never fired Marty Schottenheimer, LT might go down as the greatest running back of all time. Because North Turner, when he came into the San Diego Chargers, he came in winning the job off of, you build a team around Phillip Rivers. We're not doing the run game as much anymore. We're going to focus on passing the ball. So LT's rush numbers went down. He battled a lot of injuries there in San Diego. And that's what ultimately led him to retire. But don't forget... 
The Minnesota Vikings were trying to get LaDainian Tomlinson when he left the Chargers because Adrian Peterson had a fumbling problem. One thing that LaDainian Tomlinson never had in his career was a fumbling problem. When LT put it on the ground, it was a shock to everybody. Like, don't, don't disrespect LT by saying this isn't close. It might not be close, but not the way that you're talking about here. Like, who's the better all-around running back? It's not even close. That one I can sit here and confidently say, it's not even close. The better all-around running back? Better pass blocker, LT. Better pass catcher, LT. More versatile player, <laughs> LT. LT, until last year, had more passing yards in his career than Taysom Hill did, who just signed a massive contract to be the Saints quarterback. And LT had more passing yards than him. Whose MVP season was better? Well, I'll just say this. One broke a record, the other one didn't. I get the the ACL thing, cool. LT was what, 100 and something less yards rushing than Adrian Peterson that year? And then killed him on touchdowns? Oh, but they got all the way down to the field and didn't let him score. Why didn't they let him score? Is there a reason they didn't let him score? LaDainian Tomlinson was the only guy on the Chargers team that was getting the ball in every circumstance. There was another guy that was there, oh, he might, we're going to give the ball to Chester Taylor here and run it in. No. It was LT. LT was the guy. They had Michael Turner. They had Darren Sproles. LT was the dude until he started getting hurt. The disrespect on the Danian Thomas's name by this Instagram post on the comment section is ridiculous. And if we're just talking about the 2000-2010, get out of here. Sean Alexander and Priest Holmes, fine. They're good running backs. But we're not, they're not touching LaDainian Tomlinson. Out of the four people they showed in this picture, Danny Tomlinson, Edron James, Priest Holmes, and Sean Alexander, only two of them are Hall of Famers, and you ain't trying to tell me Edron James is close to LaDainian Tomlinson. I love Edron James. One of my favorite running backs of all time. His first two years in the NFL were spectacular years in the NFL. Had a great career. Deservingly a Hall of Fame player. But no, it's not, it's not close. It's not, I don't get why we're, why this gets, doesn't, why we, I think it's because of recency by like Adrian Peterson's still playing. LT's been there in the, he's retired. He's been inducted to the Hall of Fame. Adrian Peterson has more career rushing yards, but again, he's played a lot longer than Danian Tomlinson has. I think LaDainian Tomlinson, he got drafted in 2001. I think he ended his career in 2011. There's 10 years. Adrian Peterson started in 07 and is still playing in 2021. I don't want to discredit Adrian Peterson. This shouldn't be a shot at Adrian Peterson. It's just more of a testament to how great LaDainian Tomlinson was and how I'm tired of seeing the disrespect on LaDainian Tomlinson. Like, how old are you? Like you just told me you were 10 years old by saying Adrian Peterson's not clear of LaDainian Tomlinson. Clear? Shut up. Shut up. And again, I'm biased. I will admit I'm biased. But come on. If you even if you're looking at that unbiasedly, the better overall running backs LaDainian Tomlinson. <laughs> if you're looking for just straight line running backs, yeah, sure. Take Adrian Peterson, I guess. But LT being smaller than Adrian Peterson did the same things running people over. Stiff-arming people. Blowing doors off defenders. Go watch some LaDainian Tomlinson highlights if you've never watched him before. I was lucky enough to watch him when I was a kid. Thankfully, I was a lot lucky enough to watch him. Love LaDainian Tomlinson. And I don't want to... I don't want to see him disrespected like that ever again. <laughs> like, it's not even close. Oh, my 
goodness. When you talk about my favorite players of all time, but you could disrespect some of my favorite players of all time. I don't really care. But Ladanian Tomlinson, we're not we're not getting into that. We are not disrespecting Ladanian Tomlinson. Like Adrian Peterson, again, has played as long as he has. What, 13 years? 14? Going on 14? Ladanian Tomlinson played 10 and is still murdering him for total touchdowns, or rushing touchdowns. 145 for Ladanian Tomlinson to 118 for Adrian Peterson. Oh my goodness. Six receiving touchdowns to Ladanian Tomlinson, 17. Ladanian Tomlinson's MVP season, 1,815 rushing yards, 508 receiving yards. He averaged 9.1 yards per reception when he won the MVP. Oh my goodness. This is, oh my goodness. <laughs> LT fumbled twice his MVP career, MVP season. Adrian Peterson lost two fumbles his MVP season. Like we, I, I didn't even realize this. They had the exact same number of rushing totals. They both ran 348 times. I did not realize that. That's actually pretty cool. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that was possible. I did, I've never seen that before. They had the exact same number of carries that year. Oh, man. But LaDainian Tomlinson's the best running back of our lifetimes. I don't care. I know we have affinities for Adrian Peterson. I will die on that hill. I don't care. There's not a lot of hills I'm willing to die on. But that's one of them. Another thing I saw on Instagram while we get into this whole Instagram topic. Most hated football and basketball teams by categories. College football team, it's Alabama. I don't think anybody hates... Does anybody really hate Clemson? I think more people hate Alabama. Because they've won a lot more than Clemson has. I don't hate Alabama. I don't hate Clemson. I really don't hate any... I don't hate those big dogs. They've never done anything to me. I've talked about that before. I don't... Why do I hate them? I've never once... They've never done anything to me. NBA team, Lakers, yeah, sure, I can see that. LeBron James is there, makes sense. NFL team, Cowboys, I can see that. Them are the Patriots. I mean, Patriots have won a lot in our lifetimes. They've had a lot of scandals in our lifetime as well. So I get the Patriots there, but Cowboys makes a lot of sense. Men's basketball team, Gonzaga. Does anybody hate Gonzaga? I've never seen anybody ever talk bad about Gonzaga. Everybody hates Duke. That's everybody's least favorite college basketball team. Who hates Gonzaga, really? What did, what did Gonzaga do? There are never any scandals. They're always really good. They have a fun coach. They have a fun team. Who hates Gonzaga? Everybody hates Duke. Regardless if you have feelings, if you, know, if you have a team that plays Duke consistently, Duke sucks, and everybody hates Duke. NFL player, Saquon Barkley, has any, who has said anything bad about Saquon Barkley? Again, I don't get this list. Who hates Saquon Barkley? If I had to choose a player that is hated in the NFL, I would say Lamar Jackson is the most slander on his name. I don't get that because Lamar Jackson is a very good person from everything I could tell. But everybody makes fun of him that he can't throw. I've never seen anybody talk really that bad about Saquon Barkley. Like I've, ne- I've never... And the comment, the, the, the caption for this, he said they said, Clemson's most hated, you can't even deny it. Only other team... Like that would be Ohio State. Other people ride Ohio State, so that means Clemson's most hated. You need to bring up Alabama. People hate Alabama. That is gets talked about a lot. Not a lot of people like Alabama. And then Saquon Barkley's ratio is 1090, meaning people are more most likely to say something bad about him 90% of the time. What is what who is saying what is the bad things about Saquon Barkley we're saying? 
90% of people say something bad about Saquon Barkley. That got 1,200 likes. <laughs> Who said anything bad? about? I would love to meet the people that hate Saquon Barkley. Because I don't know what he's done to deserve hate at this point in time. Unless he's done something that I just haven't read about. I, <laughs> I don't know what he's really hated for. Lamar Jackson, I would say, is the most uh, talked about quarterback or player in the NFL. So I would probably say Lamar Jackson, even though I don't agree with it, I would probably, like, I love Lamar Jackson. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. But he's, it's probably him, if we're being honest. Probably Lamar Jackson, the NBA player LeBron. Yeah, okay, I get that. But Gonzaga's not hated. Saquon Barkley's not really hated. Unless I'm just not seeing it again. I don't know if a lot of people really hate Clemson. I get people complaining about Alabama all the time on my social media feeds. So you can't even argue it. And Ohio State, I can see that. I see Ohio State more than Clemson. I think that might just be a regional thing, though. Living in the Midwest, Ohio State playing Iowa in the Big Ten. I mean, it makes sense that I would see that more than Clemson. But Alabama is the most hated team that I've seen. Texas is hated a lot, too. I Texas is hated more than Clemson. And Texas doesn't even do anything. And they, people just hate Texas. There's a whole celebration that you get flagged for if you do it. The horns down. Like I'd probably say Texas is the most hated now. <laughs> Texas, like they they throw flags if you do horns down. Like that's a whole penalty now. Like that's one thing that's synonymous with college football is the horns down sign. I don't think people hate Clemson. People don't hate Saquon Barkley, and people sure as hell don't hate Gonzaga. <laughs> Gonzaga is in Spokane, Washington. Who hates? Who hates Gonzaga? <laughs> it's easily Duke. So if I was doing this, I'd probably say Texas or Alabama for college football team, Lakers, NBA team, Cowboys or Patriots for NFL team, Duke, easily for college basketball, probably Lamar for football, for the NFL, and then LeBron for the NBA. Not saying I agree with all of these hatreds towards these people, but based off what I see, I think those two are, those guys and teams are easily the most hated, regardless of what I feel about them. And this is something, one thing, one more thing. Speaking of hated, it's heated debate as well when you're talking about rankings and stuff. I've seen a lot of ranking the top five quarterbacks in the 2018 draft class. First round, which is Baker, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson. That's where they got drafted. That's the order they got drafted in. Unless you're a little stupid, I don't think a lot of people rank Baker Mayfield as the best one. I think 90% of Browns fans do. And it confuses me. I saw this on Twitter. The best QB from the 2018 draft class is, and he said Mayfield, Jackson, Allen. Too many people are over overreacting to one good year by Allen. He's good, but he's the third best QB in this class. So Baker, who led the league in interceptions a season ago, has a mountain around him as regards to the offensive line and the weapons and the running game that he has, is the best quarterback in the draft. Based off of what they've surrounded him with, based off all of that, I would say Baker's got... I think it's hard for him not to succeed. We've joked about this last week, too, I think. But it's funny that this just got brought up again. And then you look at Josh Allen compared to Baker Mayfield last year. <laughs> Josh Allen's better than him in every category other than the long rushing attempt and he had two more interceptions. But had 11 more touchdowns. It's not... <laughs> he had a way better completion percentage on way more attempts. Uh, come on. Browns fans, again, I know we joked about this when we were talking about the Sean Watson thing with the Browns wouldn't trade anybody 
The only person they trade Baker Mayfield's for is Patrick Mahomes. But man, he wouldn't even trade him for Patrick Mahomes. If I remember right, he said something like, I would love to see Patrick Mahomes outside of Andy Reid, Tyree Kill, or Travis Kelsey, or something stupid like that. Oh man, Browns fans are fun. They're the team, one of the few teams that have never had a good quarterback. As regards to the new Browns, the team that came back in 99, they never had a good quarterback. <laughs> so when you have one, you want to protect them at all costs, which is what they've done. Oh, would, would, would Lamar and Josh Allen be able to handle the coaching changes of the Browns? We don't know. We're playing hypotheticals here. But I do know that Baker Mayfield, in fact, he has the best offensive line of the pair out of the three, has the best running game out of the pair, Hey, those are the two things that help a quarterback out exponentially. Running game and an off the line. He has a better tight end group than Josh Allen has, which also helps a young quarterback out exponentially. So other than wide receivers, Baker Mayfield has better things than Josh Allen. <laughs> he has Jedrick Wills, 10th overall pick, first team all rookie, if I remember right. Jack Conklin, first team all pro. Joel Batonio, pro bowler, I think first team all pro. J.C. Treader, one of the best centers in the NFL. And Wyatt Teller, who if it weren't for injuries, would have probably been first-team All-NFL as well. And then Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, best running back duo in the NFL. I think that's pretty well documented at this point. Yeah. I'm getting heated today. I'm getting heated today. And then that's – I saw this on Twitter too as a little meme that's going around about a record player. It does not work, but it could be fun to fix. That's Sam Darnold, okay? He doesn't work right now. We could be pretty fun to fix. Could be pretty fun to fix if he works out. Oh, man, it could be awesome. If he doesn't, well, we told you. <laughs> we told you it wouldn't work. But I hope he does get better. I hope he does work out in Carolina. But I would rank the 2018 draft class as Josh, Lamar, Baker, Sam, Rosen. And I could, I totally see arguments for Lamar. I mean, he's the second ever United MVP in NFL history. I mean, it makes sense. I get that. But I would say Josh Allen's best season was better than Lamar's best season, even though Josh didn't come away with the MVP. Which might sound stupid, might not make any sense, but that's what we do here on The Logan Blackman Show. It might sound stupid, might not make sense, but that's the beauty of The Logan Blackman Show. (laughs) So with that being said, that's all I've got for you today on this beautiful Monday edition of The Logan Blackman Show. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day, enjoy the week, and I will see you all later. Peace.